Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. It's a cool day to be here because we are starting a brand new message series today called Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda. Maybe growing up in your family, you said it differently. You probably said coulda, woulda, shoulda, or woulda, coulda, shoulda, or whatever. But woulda, coulda, shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda kind of triggers something in us. It kind of is like, well, you could have done that, but shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? You should have done that maybe, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. And so what I want to do is I want to take the next few weeks exploring these words that we use in certain contexts and how they can be helpful and how they can be unhelpful. As we we, uh, step into, I can't see you guys over here and I want to make eye contact. There they are. Thank you. Um, As we step into the, towards the end of the year, I know, I, I, maybe this is just me, and I, and I do this a lot. I put my issues on you. I project my, I'm great at, if there's one skill I have, it's projecting my emotions onto others. I project my issues onto others. So I'm going to project just for a second, okay? I'm going to project my issues onto you. As we wrap up towards the end of the year in life, okay? We, we passed Halloween. I know for a lot of people, past Halloween just means Christmas. Like in your brain, it just Christmas is in all caps for the rest of the year. Some of you already have your, anybody already have your Christmas tree up? There they are. Okay. Good for you. I appreciate the brave hands up in the air. Last night, we were, we were uh, uh, or yesterday we were cleaning up the house, and Amber, my wife, she said, hey, why don't we get the Christmas stuff down? And I was like, hold on. Okay. We're going to do Thanksgiving first. But as we get towards the end of the year, sometimes for some of us, we can start to reflect on things that happened throughout the year, maybe things that we wanted to happen throughout the year that didn't quite happen. And we start to reflect on maybe some of us had big goals and aspirations and we had our New Year's resolutions and we said we're going to do this every day and we're going to do this every day. And around November, we're like, ah, we, we had some goals and we didn't quite hit all of them. We had some things that we wanted to do and we didn't quite hit them. Or you look back and you say, man, we had some things we wanted to do and we hit them all. We're reflecting on what has been done. Another thing happens towards the end of the year is November and December is a lot of time for family, family and friends. And I want to start off this series today talking about a word that is very dangerous when it comes to holiday time. It's very dangerous when it comes to visiting family during the holidays. And it's very dangerous all the time in our life. And that word is should. Here's what you should do. Okay, just for a second, this is a trigger warning. I'm about to trigger you, okay? And I'm gonna tr- this is going to make you feel guilty, maybe a little bit. If you're anything like me, and again, I'm projecting. I'm still in projection mode. If you weren't at church last Sunday, you should have been. Oh, man, you see what I'm saying already? If you didn't read a Bible last week, ah, you should have. You should call your mom today. You should go visit your dad later today. <laughs> you should drive safely. You should have cleaned your house before today. You should go grocery shopping today. Do you see how the word should? Did anybody feel just a slight sense of panic and anxiety? (laughs) How does Dom know that I didn't do that? I don't, and I don't care. (laughs) Should is such a dangerous word, and you know what we do around the holidays? We say, well, we should go see my parents and then your parents, right? You know, if you're 
if you're a couple? What should we do first? Should we go see my parents first, or should we see your parents first? How long should we stay? Does anybody have a strategy when you go to family's house? Like, okay, we're going to be there for three hours, and when I say mistletoe, we're getting out of there. When I say mashed potatoes, anybody seen the mashed potatoes? Wrap it up. My wife and I used to have this as a sign saying we got to get going, but we can't use that anymore because everybody knows it. And if you didn't know what I just told you, I guess. So now I just say, up here, up here. And that means we got to get up out of here. If we say should, we trap ourselves. Words matter. We have a phrase we like to say around the heart, and that is words matter. Words matter. If they didn't matter, then we could just say whatever we want. Words matter. You know how I know that you know words matter? It's because some of you, I know nobody in here cusses, but if, some, if, if you're a cusser, okay, do you find yourself cussing less around small children? Maybe some of you don't. Maybe you do, though. Some of us do because words matter. Is anybody one of those persons, one, one of those persons, one of those people that say, if someone says, can I do something, do you correct them and say, do you mean may you do that? Is anybody one of those people? You don't want to raise your hand to that. I get that. I already called you out enough. Words matter. Let me give you an example. Here at the heart, when we invite people to come on a Sunday, what we call this on a Sunday, what you're in, we call this our Sunday experience because we want to experience church and community together. Could we call it a service? Sure. In fact, a lot of people who come to the heart, they still call it a service. And we used to be freaks about it and correct them all the time, and now I don't anymore, really, because words matter. We call it an experience because we want to experience this Together, words matter. So I want to look at, at, at a verse today that kind of, it doesn't speak to the word should. In fact, there are a lot of issues that we deal with in life that are not directly, again, like I said, words matter. They are not directly addressed in the Bible. They're not directly addressed by Jesus. Jesus does not talk about mortgage in here, okay? Jesus does not talk about how you should date after you're divorced, okay? Those things are not directly addressed in the Bible. So what we can do is we can come to church every now and then or listen to a message online or, or read the Bible whenever we, we can, and we can understand and explore our faith, find our way along the way. If we all had all the answers, if this had every single answer we ever needed in life, specifically to our specific situation, then you wouldn't need, we wouldn't need to do this every Sunday. We wouldn't need to keep meeting every Sunday because we'd have the answers. We would know what to do. But the reason that we're here, the reason that you were invited here today, because we know that life is a mess. We know that your life is a mess. I'm watching it on Instagram. It's a mess. We know that your life is a mess, but... What we are also honest with ourselves with here at the heart is that we're going to be in this mess together. The best way to be in a mess is with someone else. Because that's, that's what community is. That's when we rely on each other and are there for each other. When we know this is a mess, but we can get through a mess together. Where we get stuck is when we hear things or say things like, you shouldn't really be taking this as hard as you are. You should be able to cope with this problem that you have. You shouldn't have to ask for help. You should be able to figure out your own life. 
Do you see how these shoulds and shouldn'ts trap us into where we are? When we say we should do something, we're trapped. When we say we shouldn't do something, we're trapped. We lose out on the ability to choose when we say that we should. Now, when I talk about how should can be a bad word and dangerous for your emotional health, dangerous for your mental health, dangerous for your spiritual health, this is not just a simple opinion that I have. If you go to Google after we're done here, don't go now, if you go to Google after we're done here and you say, why shouldn't I say should? You're going to get articles from psychology.com, from a bunch of different doctors on why should is dangerous. In fact, the dictionary definition talks about should as something that is said to criticize someone, to criticize an action. And there are very, very few of us that get better from being criticized. I'm not talking about someone critiquing our performance or critiquing how we can do things better, critiquing how we can become better at something. I'm talking about being criticized. There are a few of us that thrive from being criticized. And when we say should, what we are doing is we are internally criticizing ourselves on something we should or shouldn't have done. So I want to look at a verse today that, that talks about how words can matter. How it matters what you say, and almost more importantly, it matters how you say it. Your approach matters almost more than the words that you use. Words matter, we should change it to approach matters. Words and approach matter. Here's your headline. The heart says words and matter. Okay, that's from, the, that's from the office. Don't worry about it. Okay, now what I want to do is I want to read Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Now, if you are not familiar with the Bible or you don't read it a lot, that's okay. You should. No, I'm just kidding. That was a trigger again. Um, we talk a lot about choice here at the heart, y'all. And, and, and if you've been at the heart a few times, you know that I'm just, I harp on this. I'm always talking about choice. It matters so much to me. It matters so much to the way we approach ministry, the way we approach community. Choice is everything because without choice, you're stuck. But if you have choice, then things start to become yours when you want them to. When you have choice in your faith, then you get to decide the steps in the journey of faith. So if you're not familiar with the Bible, Matthew is one of the four Gospels, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That might sound familiar to you. And these Gospels, they are the main accounts. When we talk about some of the things that, if you hear any pastor or preacher or priest or whatever talk about something that Jesus said or something that Jesus did, most of that is recorded in these four Gospels, in these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit in the book of Matthew. And in this part that we're going to be reading, this is what is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, so it's about two and a half chapters of the book of Matthew where Jesus is just teaching and teaching. He talks about divorce. He talks about murder. He talks about adultery. Some of it's pretty spicy, pretty juicy. And he talks about empty promises. And that's what I want to talk about right now. That's what I want to go over. Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. This is Jesus talking about what empty promises might look like. He says, and don't say anything you don't mean. 
This council is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it. Or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. That might be for somebody. Or that might be for somebody you know. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. That's, that needs to be on a t-shirt. Sign it up. Make it up. Making your speech more, sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. Another translation says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because when you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Words matter. How you say what you mean matters. What I hear, what I see Jesus saying here is you don't need to embellish on what you mean. Just say what you mean. If you mean yes, then say yes. If you mean no, then say no. Because words matter. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down here. When you start to own your words, when you own your words, you take a step closer to owning your faith. Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes in our society, in our life, in the way things are, we can get a sense that our faith is compartmentalized from the rest of our life, right? We can, we can get a sense that, that our faith is for Sundays. Our faith is for Sunday morning. That's when we that's when we activate the faith side of our brain. Or, or, or our faith is when we go to connect group. Or our faith is maybe when we read the Bible or listen to Christian music or whatever it is. But I want to submit to you that your faith is in everything. Your faith is in the way that you approach the kind of friends you put around you. The kind of things that you want to say, the kind of things that you want to do. Now, I'm not talking about religious life. I'm not talking about you becoming more religious. I'm talking about you allowing your faith to be a part of your everyday life. Not doing more religious things. I want you to own your words. Because that takes a step closer to owning your faith. Because when you say, I should have gone to church last week. It's, it's so surprising how many people think, I should have gone to church last week, I should have gone to church last month, but I didn't, so I don't want to go now, because I don't want people to say, hey, where you been? <laughs> if we say we should have done something, we no longer own that action. When we say we should have gone to visit, I should have gone to visit them while they were in the hospital. If you say I should, you no longer are in control of that accident. Now, now that should is controlling you. When you say you should or shouldn't do something, you are now being controlled by that should instead of you owning the action. Let me, let me give you an example. Amber and I are driving. We're just hanging out. We're driving. And I say something like, I think we should go to your parents. What do you think? And she would say something like, yeah, maybe we should. And then we go do it. Now we feel trapped by our should. I don't know if any of us, I don't know if either of us wanted to. I didn't ask that question. 
I said, I think we should. And she also said, yeah, we should. Now, let me give you another side, because some of you might have a little bit of a, a rebellious nature. Anybody, a little, anybody got a little rebel in them? A little rebel? A little rebel? Okay, I thought so, Laura. That was Laura for anybody on, watching on the video or the podcast. So what Laura might do, or somebody like Laura, has a little bit of rebel in them. As soon as says, you know what you should do, Laura? You should water your plants every day, whether they need it or not. You know what Laura would say? Not doing that. You know what I'm not going to do? You, you know, you're telling me what you think I should do. I can tell you exactly what I'm not going to do, and it's repeating what you just said I should do. You see what a should does? Should traps you into you have to do it. Now you're obligated because you said you should, or it makes you fly away from that and saying, I'm never going to do that because nobody's going to tell me what I'm supposed to do. One of my wife's favorite things to say to me is, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That's true. Don't tell me what to do. So just for fun, because I am who I am, I'm like, you know what you should do, babe? Don't tell me what to do. It's a suggestion. <laughs> All right, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down too. When you tell yourself that you should, you miss the chance to choose if you want to. When you tell yourself that you should or shouldn't, it, by the way, when I say should, I also mean shouldn't, okay? Works the same way. When you tell yourself that you should, you miss the chance to choose if you even want to do that. Choice goes away when should comes into the conversation. Because now it doesn't matter if you want to. Because you already trapped yourself into doing it or not. When you say you should do something, instead of first asking yourself, do I even want to do that, we're stuck. We're stuck. And that's true of your marriage. That's true of your parenting. That's true of the holidays coming up. I'm telling y'all, the holidays are coming up soon. You better get ready with your shoulds and shouldn'ts. End of the year, you might find yourself saying, you know what we should have done this summer? You know what we should do next summer? You know what we should do at the beginning of the year since we didn't do it this year? You're going to find yourself saying that, and I'm telling you, you can change the way you talk, let words matter in your life, and watch how it changes your approach to everything, your faith, your marriage, your job. When you tell yourself you should, you miss the chance. Sorry, what was it again? When you tell yourself you should, you miss the chance to choose if you want to. I'm, I'm going to be a broken record. Choice matters so much. Choice is one of our core values at the heart because it's the only way serving matters. Choice is the only way that giving matters. Choice is the only way you being here matters. You ever come to church when you didn't really want to? How much did you enjoy being there? I know that when I was young, I used to, we used to go to church back then. It was Catholic church. Anybody go Catholic? You should go to counseling, just like me. <laughs> That's a 80% of a joke. <laughs> Sometimes we'd wake up and I didn't want to go to church. Most of the time we'd wake up on Sunday and, and church was at noon. Huh. I'm making you guys get up. It used to be 9.30, now it's 10. I mean, I feel like I'm doing you a huge favor, you know? Or we'd get up and go to church at noon and be like, I don't want to be here, man. I don't want to be here. 
So I didn't enjoy it. It was when I started going to church because I wanted to. And I'm not making this all about church or just an example because here we are, you know. It was when I chose to do it. It's the same thing with your marriage. You're going to be unhappy in your marriage until you choose to work on it. You're going to be unhappy with your friend group until you choose to invest in your friends. You're going to be unhappy at your job. I'm talking to somebody now. You're going to be unhappy at your job, not until you get a new job, but until you decide, I am going to give my best to this job, to this boss. I thought you didn't like that boss. I don't, but I'm going to give my best because I know that I can be better. Not I know I should do better. Don't be trapping yourself. I know that I can do better at this job or whatever it is. Watch your life change. Watch your faith change. Okay, last thing I want you to write down. We actually fight against the shoulds of religion when we give ourselves space to make mistakes. Because think about this for a second. Leave this up here for a moment. See. Think about this for a second. When you tell yourself you should or shouldn't do something, somewhere in your life, in your family, in society at large, somewhere someone has told you that's the way it should be. Right? If you, if you, hear, if you, if you hear yourself saying, we should clean our house before people come over, why? Who told you that you should have a clean house when people come over? When you tell yourself, we should see every member of my family for Thanksgiving, why? Who told you that you should do that? Was it your family growing up? Was it society in general? Do you see what I'm saying? So every time we say should, we are being influenced uh, negatively or positively. We are being influenced by somebody outside. So when we stop saying should, now we are letting ourselves guide our faith. We're letting ourselves guide our marriage rather than the shoulds around us. And so when, if, we can stop, if we can stop the shoulds of religion... You should go to church, you should give money, you should pray, you should read your Bible, you should serve every Sunday. If we can get rid of those shoulds, now we have room to just be human. Now we have room to make mistakes. Now we have room to not come to church for years on end, and it's no big deal because we're a church of choice, we're a community of choice, not a religion of shoulds. I'm sure some of you growing up have gone to churches that were full of shoulds. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should act. And a lot of us respond by, I'm going to go away from people who tell me what I should do with my faith. And what we're really wanting to do is walk away from the shoulds of religion more than we wanted to walk away from our faith, but we don't know how to separate the two. So I want to give you just a glimpse of what that could look like is that your faith doesn't have to be driven by shoulds, that your faith can be driven by your choices. Can you imagine the freedom that you might be able to experience if your choices drove your faith? Not the shoulds of somebody like me who is standing a foot and a half taller than you telling you what you should or shouldn't do. That's when we have space to make mistakes. That's when we have space to grow. And I believe those space to make mistakes, those doubts, are what allow faith to grow. 
If you never have room, I say this a lot, if you never give yourself room to doubt something, then there's never room for faith to grow. Think about that. If you never doubt, then why do you need faith? Doubt is what activates faith. Mistakes are what activates grace in ourselves and others. And we, live, we leave little room for grace when we tell ourselves what we should and shouldn't do. Changing my language growing up, because I, I live, and I've said this before, if you, you, you might have heard this if you've been here a time or two, I live my life in the guilt world. I'm constantly feeling guilty uh, to an unhealthy level sometimes. And like I said, I am in therapy. I'm, I'm constantly feeling guilty about something I should have said, something I should have done, something I should have acted upon. I'm one of those kind of people where I send a text message and I, if, I, if I don't get a response in like 15 minutes to an hour, I'm like, okay, this friendship's probably over. Uh, I'll probably say, first I'll apologize for ruining the friendship, then I'll unfriend them on Facebook and Instagram and everything else, uh, then we'll probably shut down the church, we'll move it up to Kyle, that way we're not in their way, we're not in their space. You know what I should have said? If I, if I, if I, if I would have said that, I should, I should have said that differently. And so it was actually in counseling, in my therapy, that my counselor said, she's the one that first introduced this idea of should being this very dangerous word. And I know I talk a lot about mental health here at the heart, and some of you might feel like it's weird to talk about mental health and in this spiritual context, that it's, it's weird to talk about so much mental health things when we're supposed to be at church, talking about Jesus and talking about the Bible. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier, y'all, is that our faith is part of all of this. If we can think that how we treat our body and how we treat our mind and how we treat our spirit are, are, are not connected, then we're missing out on what the full experience of humanity can be. If we believe that God created us as people, then, then maybe we can believe that God created us as a body, a mind, and a soul. And if we're just taking care of our spirituality, if we're just saying, well, I'm, all, I'm doing all of the religious things, then we're missing out on how taking care of our mind, our mental health, can further our growth of faith, can make us a healthier human being. But only if we choose. It's a choice that we have. I can't tell you what you should do. Or I guess I can. I won't. I won't tell you what you should do. Because I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is. Sometimes it's okay to do something. Sometimes it's not. Has anybody raised kids for more than two years? Anybody raised kids for more than two years? Okay. So just for the parents of kids two years or older, sometimes it's okay to let them do something. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's okay for, ha for them to have their device Oh, this game means everything. Sometimes it's okay for, have, for them to have their device. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's okay to give them a, a, a sweet treat late at night. Sometimes it's not. And I don't mean to reduce you to a toddler, but I'm saying sometimes in your life you're not going to know what the right thing is. And I want to tell you that I, you know, if you need permission, 
I'm going to give it to you right now. I give you permission to make a bunch of mistakes. And when you, when you feel stuck by a should, I want you to come back to this community. Maybe you can't come back to the heart. You don't need, if, here's another phrase we say around here, because words matter. You don't have to go to church here to go to church here. If you've never been here, and somebody tells you about the heart, you're part of the community now, part of the crew, part of the ship. You don't have to go to church here to go to church here. We want you to know that you have community all the time. Not just when you make, not, not just when you call us your church home. Not when you, fi- you know, not when you give financially to the heart. That has nothing to do th- with the community that we are hoping to build here in the city of San Marcos. So here's my challenge for you today. My challenge for you today, maybe you can include uh, a friend in on this to help you track it. I want you to catch yourself this week every time you say the word should. Now, don't make it, a, you know, don't make it where, ah, you know, ah, my, my little nephew, <laughs> he can't, he'll, he'll, he'll come over here and his parents are like, ah, don't touch that. He's all, boom. He'll go to grab this. Ah. So that's not what I mean. I don't mean, I don't mean catch yourself and punish yourself for saying should, but I want you to, I want you to hear yourself say should, and when you say should, maybe try to replace it. If you can say, I would like to do this, then you're on the right track. If you can say, you know what I'd like to do is this. Instead of saying, I should go see my parents, say, might be good if I saw my parents. I don't know. Let me decide if I want to. I want to go see my parents, said 40% of us for the holidays. That's my challenge for you. See how many times you're saying, saying should. See how it shows up in your life and how your life could change just a little bit if we saw that our words mattered. Will you pray with me real quick? If you could bow your heads and close your eyes, let's pray. God, we are so grateful to have a community where we know that we are in a mess, where we know that we can rely on each other. God, I pray today that we would be able to have the bravery and the boldness to listen to the words that we say, to change our language from should to want to or don't want to. I pray that we would have a healthy approach to our life, a healthy approach to our faith, a healthy approach to our marriage, our friendships. And I pray that we'd be able to rely on others to help us in that, in this journey of faith. We love you. We pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.